at this point, you've studied with every type of person I can imagine, right? Mm-hmm. What's your experience like starting to teach? You're now well known for it. How did that begin? Well, you know, it actually began very early. <laughs> and uh, I can tell you, my mother says that in the age of four years old, I used to gather all the kids from the neighborhood. And I used to teach them. She has no idea what I was teaching them. But they were sitting. I had a blackboard in the courtyard. And I was doing things on the blackboard. <laughs> and they always stayed and listened. And they came the next day too. <laughs> <laughs> Did you take attendance? Were you like marking who was there, who wasn't there? I don't think I was so, <laughs> so strict already. <laughs> were you giving tests at the age of four? <laughs> No, it was much more liberal, please. Okay. Oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> it's hilarious. Okay. <laughs> no, but... but um, This is your first... UCSD is your first official teaching. No, but I actually did taught before. So uh, when Abel Ehrlich went, my first teacher at the, the academy, went to England, he actually gave me two students to teach. I was... Back then, I was 20 years old. And he asked me to teach two high school students who were extremely talented. And that is when I discovered that I can teach. It was really strange because I had no idea. And even though I taught at the age of four, I forgot about yeah. it. But how, I mean, how, how do you know that you, how did you discover that? You're like, oh, wait a minute, I'm good at this or I'm astute I, to other people? No, it know? was just the feeling that I love this, that I love this and that I'm, I'm, I'm making this amazing experience when I'm talking to these young people and that we discover things together. And it's, it's just so that I get something from it, which I also get from my composition. And it's like, oh, there is that channel too. That was the discovery. Okay. So and and the after that it was the next one was UCSD. Yeah, but you know it was not like it was in in in. I mean, already at Bard College, and I told you there was a very mixed company. I hope it would not be um, taken as bragging, but um, I was asked by a lot of my colleagues to come to their studios and comment because they wanted to hear how I react to painting, to sculptures. To... So, and I already understood that I can speak, that even if I, my English is not always perfect, I can verbalize quite accurately. So I became aware of that, you know. That became... Um, and I was not yet able to verbalize very well on my own, about my own work. But you could yeah. comment on other people's work. But yeah. when asked to comment on your own... Well, when I, my first speeches at Darmstadt, I think, I, I would love to hear those recordings. I, I, I think it was difficult. Yeah. Really? Like bad? Difficult. <laughs> How bad it was, I don't know. Okay. <laughs> Probably pretty bad. One of the first was at like 9 o'clock in the morning, and I think I had like eight people in the audience, and they looked pretty... <laughs> exhausted oh by the God. time we left yeah <laughs> even though it was like 10 o'clock in the morning you know <laughs> oh my god you discovered you could do it what about okay so you said it was this verbalizing skill what else do you think made you naturally good at something like this well i hope i'm good i well i yeah i can teach i love teaching and i think that i'm curious i'm very very curious and um it's interesting to talk with people who, are, who have the same kind of thirst, you know, for exploration. Because you learn a lot from it. You learn as much as you teach. That's the whole secret. If you can learn, then you taught really well. For me, I mean, and it's, it's a curious thing how, how you can see a piece and feel, you know, the possibility of how the piece could grow to, to various directions. And then you kind of have to talk to the owner of the piece and to see their vision to the owner, the, the, the creator, the maker, you know. 
Um, but I said honor because I wanted to establish the border, almost like the peace is something by itself, you know, which has its own will. And you learn to listen to that. More important than the person, exactly where the person is. No, what they do has a kind of life. That is also, I think, what I was highlighting when I talked about the risk that went all to the work. That in a way, writing music is a kind of a double life because you create this other life, the life, this garden or planet of your pieces, and they are a different biography than what you have in real life. But they are a, a process of growth almost like of a person, you know, those each, pieces. Each individual piece, or, or you're talking or, about a series both, of all pieces? All of them, all of them is, you know, I, I wouldn't pretend to say that each individual, that would be too much to, to expect, you know. Of course, there are pieces like that by other composers, you know, but... Yeah, anyway, but um, so so to to create this being or this garden, it's not a garden, it's more, more like a being that is created from this body of work. You learn a lot about this when you look at other people creating it and when you help them to create it. And I think that when you support that body and the students or the other people you are talking to, to are feeling the, your support, to that body that they are creating. That is something very powerful. So you can really help to ship it along. You can help to, to show what possibilities there are. You can help to open windows that are not open at the moment. It's, it's a very beautiful thing. You know? But have you, over time, have you developed strategies on how to let people realize what those... Oh, windows yeah. could be and everything and oh yeah i have i have some things that i even wrote an article about it um which is called teaching what is not yet there I did for a conference in stanford and um yes i have strategies but i really do hope that what i teach and the way that i work as a teacher is really not confined to those because always there is an, a different student or a student that you know in a different situation, and you have to change everything. But I do have some strategies that I always that I can lean on. Yeah. Oh, let's get a little bit back to biography. So after UCSD, if Vienna, Vienna, okay. Yeah. Then I'm going to Vienna. Then I, I, at some point, I really wanted to leave UCSD. It was enough time, and I also wanted um, to get back to Europe. My music was played in Europe extensively. That seemed to be my place aesthetically. And it just it wasn't happening for you in New York or California? Oh, I didn't even try. Why didn't you try? You know, um, the climate in New York was such that... For example, when my piece of a theme was played by um, one of the ensembles for, for new music in New York, I didn't feel like the, the players had the, the background to approach the piece. They were amazing musicians. They were extremely good players. But that type of language was not yet a language they were speaking. So they could maybe say all the words, but the meaning was not there. That has changed drastically. Drastically, drastically. Talea Ensemble, What Ink. I'm th- trying to think of some I see. other ones. I, yeah, I see. Either yeah. or. Yeah. Um, wire and, uh, what do you Yarn call it? Yarn wire. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it is such an abundance of riches right now. Yeah. It was barren back then. So I, I didn't even try to, to do things in America, that was not, it, it, I always felt this kind of, um, people did not have a way of un- even beginning to understand what I'm about. It was so foreign. And musicians having the background and skill, that's, rel- I mean, that's relatively new. That's maybe... Five years. I was going to even say 10 is new, but I ten, guess, yeah, yeah. Ten, I, yeah. ten probably. Yeah. yeah, that's why. So that's, th- those years in Vienna were very wonderful in their own way but once once the harvard idea 
was becoming realistic. I was thinking, this is quite ideal because I'm coming to a different world than the one that I have left. When you were here living in the States and you weren't getting that, perform- that many performances or recognition, you were still going to Darmstadt, giving lectures, having oh, I was performances everywhere. I was constantly traveling. Would, is that, was that frustrating in a way? I mean, you're living in a country and... No, it was actually very liberating because in Europe, like if I went to a concert, let's say in a German-speaking language, in anywhere in, in, in either... Germany or in Austria, in a big city, in Vienna or in Berlin, for example, I would always meet people that I know. And I would always have to be, you know, Chaya Chernovin, that person, you know. But in America, no problem. It's just so, so easy. What do you mean you would always have to be Chaya Chernovin? Like you had, like you, you had to live up to I was your already, reputation? I, I already had a kind of a name. Yeah. So, you know, yeah, I did. So I had to deal with it. And I don't always like to deal with it. I really enjoyed not having to deal with it in America. You know? Yeah, not having to deal with it is great. That people, you are a composer? Ah, what? Yeah, you mean you are the, the person that does that with the hands? How mm-hmm. interesting. Or they would say, yeah, you are a composer. Ah, you write songs, huh? <laughs> you know things like that. Yeah, and I you would be it. like, it, it would be great because then you don't have to, you don't have to be anybody. Yeah, it's yeah. really, it's easy. It's easy. It's free. It's. Uh... But why do you have to feel like you have to be that when you're over there and people know what you do? Well, I, I'm, I think that I'm, you know, you, you can't deny that you know often when you go to Darmstadt and you walk and everybody kind, a lot of people run after you and. Ah, I heard your piece. I thought so. Can you give me a lesson? Is that what they sound like to you? <laughs> like, no, <laughs> no, I, that's it's not funny. how they sound at all. Yeah, yeah and, I know. Actually, I, know young, I was one of those people. Yeah. No, no, it's young composers. You know, is is not a strange. It's not a stupid kind of um, population, and I'm just saying it like this. Not actually as a reflection of them, but as a reflection of me. That I I feel so much. Yeah, but that's also what I mean. It's just you're being so bombarded with people who are eager to get input from you that it ends up sounding like that automatically. It's It's impossible for it not to. It's just um, it puts you in in, in a strange position to some extent because you also want to give and because you are very open to that kind of connection and it's very nice when people come to talk about your own music too you know but at the same time it it gives you a function in a kind of a closed society a function which you have to fulfill and you are very privileged to have that function so you have to be grateful for it but from time to time you want to say come on I just I'm I'm not a function I want to be I'm not a number I'm a free man yeah (laughs) yeah I just want to take a nap right now and you can't because there's the five more students who signed up for lessons that day. Yeah. No, it's a certain mode, you know, it's the music mode. It's the teaching mode or rehearsal mode or, you know, concert mode that you have to present yourself in a certain way and you are basically kind of a servant to music. So it's not about you. It's about, you know, when you rehearse, it's really not about you. It's everything you do so that the piece will come out the way that it wants to come out. So you are really not a part of the equation. Actually, whenever you get to be a part, it's very, very bad for the rehearsal. You can't, you know, get uh, hurt or you can't get complimented. You, You have to be really focused on the piece. When you teach, actually the same thing. You have to be focused on the score. You you look at the score and you try to do the things which are working for that score that you see. When you are in a performance, you just sit helpless and just wait for, <laughs> yeah. hoping that you know what you wanted to say would, and then you are very engaged in how you know how it happened. It's know. just it's just being professional, actually. Exactly. It's, it's just it's just acting like a professional. And since you had no professional career in the states while you were teaching at UCSD, you could be human all the time. Exactly. Okay, I get it. Oh. Yeah. 
Yeah, it was not so sharpened. So do you feel like you're a different person when you're here now? Do you know what I mean when I say that? Like you're you're a name in Europe now. People mm-hmm. people know you, and more often than not, you have to be in that mode where you're professional. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not about you. It's about your activity and the music you're writing there, because that's mm-hmm. always why you're there. Right. Do you feel like you can be a little bit more you when you're here yeah. because it's not so... Well, you know, the years help to some extent that I'm, I'm learning better and better how to negotiate everything like that. And um, yeah, a lot of things come together slowly, you know. I, I hope that will continue. It's far from per- perfect, but, <laughs> you know, the, the adjustment and the more being at peace. You know, people think that success is something which is very privileged and it is very easy because it's so satisfying in a way. But um, it is also very hard. It's actually quite hard. And to maintain your creativity very vital and to protect it is not very easy also under those those conditions so it's what do you do to protect you from falling into those traps i don't know that it's something that i can tell you one two three that that i'm doing it's more like um a kind of awareness and a kind of a maintaining serious doubt and problematizing the the question of success, really not, never getting used to it, first of all. That's the truth, which is also one of the reasons that it's not always comfortable. It's like you're always wearing something that is too big or too small for your leg, you know, a shoe that is not fitting. (laughs) And this not fitting is good, I think. It's very, very good. The moment that you are comfortable in it, not very good. But again, it's a kind of um, a friction that you that you engage with. It all has to do with asking questions, not feeling very calm about everything. Yeah, yeah. You're still swimming upstream while feeling very blessed in some other way. You know, you you can't you can't just complain to your. You, you shouldn't make that into a self-complaining because that would be totally fake. Yeah. Are you comfortable now? I mean, you're, you have this amazing gig with these great students in a great place that can probably, uh, uh, provides for you what you need. Where's the challenge now? What doesn't fit now? Oh, there are a lot of challenges in life, all kinds of. And there are a lot of challenges in music. You know, I, I'm in a, in a new, totally new period in my work. I'm discovering things which are very new to me. I'm, something has opened, which is far beyond what I've done before. And I'm just, that is a huge field of exploration, you know. So if you heard all my music from the 90s, and what I do right now and is is a beginning of a, of a direction which is very very different, and it's just in its beginning.
what you're doing now. You said it was a completely new direction for you and it's the beginning. Well, this piece is already from, that you heard, Zohar River, is already from 2011. And now we are 2013. But you know, the pieces I've written this year, two large orchestral pieces, each of them 20 minutes, are only going to be played in a month from now, a month and a half in Lucerne. Oh, wow, okay. So yeah. good players too. Who's play- is it the Lucerne Orchestra or is it the student, uh, not student, but the younger Actually not. Um, I'm in residence, artist in residence this year. So one piece will be played by Daniel Barnboim and the Divan Orchestra. And the other one, which is um, a piece for guitar, amplified, but it's acoustic guitar and orchestra, will be done by Stefan Schmidt and the Sudwest Rundfunk Orchestra with Francois Roth. So... Excellent performers, I hope, yeah. You said before it was it's completely different than what you've just started right now. What's the difference between those two worlds? What are you what are you starting to explore? Well, I don't know that maybe I exaggerated if I said that it's completely different. It's not completely different, but I'm as you, I don't know what you heard in Zoa River. The whole first part of the piece is pianissimo piano, you know, it doesn't go far beyond that. And um, I think that if many years ago I really tried to kind of cover my my traces or hide what I wanted to say behind a kind of a unscrutable layer so that listening would be like you were listening to something that at the same time has a kind of well, on the surface of it, it's totally unfamiliar and very foreign, but that you feel the, the tail end of something which is extremely familiar. You know, that's maybe what, if I'm thinking about a kind of an ideal reaction that I would have wanted for my... Why did you want that reaction? For the old... I, I don't know if I if I imagined what what is the reaction that would be for me so like as if I was understood that would that would have been that reaction because I worked very hard on encoding everything in a way that it won't be so understood and so accessible immediately yeah I wanted to get a kind of a texture of meanings possible layering of many possible approaches and kind of the impossibility to know which one is exactly right, but knowing that there is one which is exactly right. Would it be the kind of listening experience that would require multiple exactly. times? That that, that yeah. was the idea. And I feel that now it's not like the pieces do not require multiple listenings. I hope they really do in order to really experience all which which is there. But nothing is covered. It's almost like you are already, you don't need to peel away the layers. You are it, in the center. Extremely visceral textures, I would call what I just heard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and nothing is hidden. It's emanating. It's You are in the center of where it is. You are not outside of it. So that is a big difference, you know. The, the, yeah. I mean, I have a million theories right now, but I'm not going to even try and guess why you decided to go in that direction. So why going for something that was, quote, inscrutable, very, very coded, and required multiple listening experiences and could be interpreted in a number of ways? Why go from that to something that you're automatically in the center of and is very immediate. It's immediate, but it is not less complex. Yeah, that's well, what I meant. That was my intention of that yeah. statement. It's not, you know. Yeah. Um, I, I, I tell you the truth that it's very hard to know. It is very hard to know. It, as, as, I, as I was speaking about it before, it's not something calculated. It is something that is possible to happen. I did 
since Pneema, actually, I did actually quite consciously want to push away from some things that I, I did not want to deal with anymore. In Pneema, there was a very strong expressionistic quality that I got very, very tired of. And I really wanted to get rid of it. And I fought it for a very, very long time and also fought a kind of um, demonstrative risk-taking that was very strong in my music. So, but it took 10 years to feel that this pushing has gotten me to a really new place, which is what I feel now. Now it's like everything, possi- everything is possible in a way. When you picture somebody listening to this, the, what you're doing now as opposed to before, is your intention to have them in the center, to have them not have to work to get to a certain point? Well, my intention is, I'm not so much thinking about the listener, but my intention is almost to write now, to write music, which is like, you know, when, when somebody is blind, they have to smell and they have to touch and they have to feel in a way that is compensating for their loss, of, for, for their not being able to see. In a way, I want now my music to speak, to really, to really touch, almost like touching or almost like seeing or, or to be this synesthesia of, of, of senses, which is actually exactly the opposite side of the pendulum of where I was. You wanted, before you wanted it to be senseless. No, no, no. I, no, no by no means. But it was extremely strong wanting to give extremely strong visceral experience also before, but an experience that has to go through layers of nerves, of twisting, of perversion in order to get to feel something very indirectly, but something which is extremely powerful, but you can only feel it via those twisted or coerced surfaces or layers. Why were you putting up that border before? It's not a border. Border is, let's say, um, it's a a beginning. It's the right beginning of the thinking, but let's say barriers, many barriers. Yeah, yeah, something something that is crossable, but difficult to cross. Exactly. Okay. I think that... Why did did that have to be there before? You know, my answer today would be that maybe learning about listening and about communication was really essential for me. Of course, there were other reasons, but I think it was a real study on how to project, how to project through the most difficult situation. So I needed to create the most physical situation, the most difficult situation for the projection to get through in order to actually hint or be able to transmit that very strong essence that I wanted because it could not be gotten to directly. It had, you, you had to be active. I had to activate the listener in order for it to be released in a way. Okay, but you don't do that now, so why don't yeah. you? So, what, so, so how, come you, how come it can be activated directly now and not before? I'm 55. I've learned a lot. You learn a lot. You change. And you are allowing yourself to do things that you are not, were not able to do before. Let's say that when I became 30, just as an example, yeah? When I became 30, it was after I had in my garden of living creatures or whatever you want to call it, my music in my body of work, a few works that really succeeded to pull off this dramatic, uh, more standard dramatic of development, going to a high point and then calming down. And for me, it was impossible to continue in this vein. I had to problematize time and to understand how it worked in a much deeper way. So... I had to cut and paste, mix beginnings with ends, with middle. And I really worked to understand how this works, you know. 
maybe now I am not in danger of falling anymore to a standardized in, in that area, for example. There is no danger that I will write a standard time development. And even if in Zohar River you do have a point of, um, you know, kind of a high point, there is this huge pedal tone that is put right before it or in the time that it should have happened that really changes everything. But it is not exactly a corrosion that is testing the tenacity of the work itself. It is a corrosion that uh, comes from the work in order to show a much bigger work, world than the work exhibits. So it's not when sometimes you will put barriers or minds or you will test your piece so to see how it will function. You take risks to see how the material will how the material will sustain it, what is the resilience, and how the piece can become more resilient. Yeah? Sometimes it's not about that, but it is about making the world of the piece even bigger than what the piece was thinking that is possible before. So it's like another part of that idea world or visceral world suddenly comes from left field. You didn't even envision that it's going to come. It's not testing. It's not doing a cognitive work of exploration. It is an exploration because it comes handed from somewhere else as if, yeah. Okay, I understand. So that's where the push is for you now. Yeah. Is, the, is almost the ability to have these tangential ideas become actual a new direction and possibility of what the piece could be. Yeah, let's say and that... Before that, it was really committing to one vision, but putting up these, quote, barriers that the listener would have to then kind of find his way through, through listener, multiple listening. It's not only the listener, it's myself yeah, as well, yeah, the yeah. material itself. It's that the piece itself will have to speak through this barrier, not so much about the listener in that sense. I mean, the... The impetus comes from the piece itself, that it needs all these barriers in order to transmit something, which is actually in itself quite strange. And, you know, but the strangeness now is a kind of a second nature. It's not needing to be viewed as, as coerced. It is built into the DNA. It is, that's how I see it. I don't know. I'm, I'm not... Um, that's one way to see it. Or let's say maybe there is more, less defense now in that sense. How do people react to this? To to this music? Yeah, well, it does sound differently from your other... I've never, I've never heard this, I don't know, quote, new period or however you want to define this, mm-hmm. music that is more viscerally clear than the opera that I've heard of yours and the stuff that... Uh, that I think Talay Ensemble has played. And either or, maybe. Yeah, maybe. either or. Yeah, either or has played. How do people, you know, how, how do people react to it? What do they get out of it? You must get some feedback. I mean, it is different. Yeah, well, um, one critic wrote, and I loved the, this line about Zohar Iveri wrote, that it is about, that this is very much about the ecstasy of hearing. And I like that. Yeah, yeah. Very much. So it's almost like, you know, um, somebody told me that when they drink wine, the hair on their ear begins to stand up. I would like that reaction. I want the ear to, to really feel like it's touched by the sound physically. Uh, and I think that people feel the blindness of this music or that it, I mean... I had so many people coming to me after the first performance of Zohar River talking about forest in the night that was a little bit uncanny, like five of them talking about forest in the night. Not together, each of them separate. Oh, really? Yeah, very strange, yeah. It is hitting a different part of your brain when you listen to something that is complex yet immediate. Yeah. And 
I'm just wondering if there was like a desire for you to be like, you know, like I wasn't hitting that part of the brain with this other music. And it's such a great, you know, moment of ecstasy when you do hit that immediate part Mm -hmm. and it does grab them right away and it holds on to them, I think, more firmly than it than something that has tons of barriers, like you were saying before. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering, is there, was there like a desire to go in that direction? Were you hearing other examples of music that was going in that direction? You go, I want to do that. Maybe not in, no, not, no. Maybe not ne- in contemporary. Never. Yeah. That's not, that's not. Um, I never work like that, uh, hearing something and saying, I want to do that because if I hear it, it's totally uninteresting for me. I have to discover it. I mean, I can't. It has to to be new to me. But so. I don't mean I don't mean in the way of copying, but I mean in the way that that makes me feel a certain way, like like a like a synesthetic like emotion or feeling that you get that's from the, the onset. I mean, the saying sa- that oh, I also want my music to. But that's capture the that. same. That's for me the same as saying it sounds like, and I want to 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 have a kind of a feeling. Oh, that's how I want people to. No, it has to. What's so fantastic in writing music is that you all this not knowing and that you want to really get something from totally subconscious and you want to follow it and that's how I work that's how I think so I cannot tell you that I wanted this reaction exactly you know but I think that I did have the need to get rid of those barriers became like an old skin of of a snake they became more habitual, and I needed to dispose of them. So the, it's actually what I'm very aware of is of what becomes habitual and what I need to throw away. But what I'm going towards is always kind of a mystery, and if it's not a mystery, it's not good enough. You have to really push to the place where it, you know. So to tell you that I wanted to be more... Um, accessible no I really really, and I don't think it's completely accessible in some way it is I'm, but I mean I'm, I'm not saying it's completely accessible like you're listening to it once and then you get it and you don't have to listen no, to no, it no, again I, I mean I mean in the way that something strikes you immediately yeah and gives you a firm grip and makes you want to listen to it again or investigate it more because even though it grips onto you it's incredibly complex you know yeah I mean Maybe, yeah, I don't know. I mean, the, the question if I aimed to it or not, I cannot exactly answer you. I just know that, you know, some things we don't allow ourselves. And the question why we don't allow is a complex one. We don't allow, why, you know, do you have a young composer who doesn't allow himself or herself to, to do things in a very dramatic way? Why? You, it con- it's connected to their temperament, to what they need to inhibit right then and there, because they have something to learn, which they want to own, which is not in that area of drama. So, yeah. so, and that's exactly the same here. So why did I make all these barriers? That was the expression that I was allowing myself at the time, because it really, that was the channel that was the most appropriate for me to broadcast what I needed to broadcast. And then what's happening now is exactly the same. Yeah. Okay. Well, are we done? <laughs> We've been talking for like kind of like a day, right? <laughs> That's how it seems yeah. after the whole biographical excursion through the world. Okay. Well, thank you so much for doing this. Thank you for doing that too. It was a lovely conversation for me. So thanks. <laughs>